Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 79. Freedom of the Seas, one of the most popular Royal Caribbean ships in the fleet, has just finished a ship-wide refurbishment and offers guests new spaces, restaurants, and some exciting new additions throughout the ship. This week, we've got an in-depth discussion of everything new on the ship, the decor, staterooms, dining options, other activities, and much more. Here we go. Earlier this week, Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas emerged from a 24-day dry dock session where she received a number of upgrades and changes, and I want to talk all about what's new and different on this beautiful ship. Joining me to discuss what's happening on Freedom of the Seas is someone who actually has already experienced firsthand these changes on Freedom. It's Becky Mankin of MEITravel.com. Welcome back, Becky. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> it's great to be back on shore, but then again, not because it was a really short cruise. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it was a two, Becky was on a two night cruise on Freedom of the Seas. It was kind of a trade event that was on there, but Becky got to check out some of the firsthand again those for, those changes to the ship. And, you know, this was an interesting refurbishment because, I mean, really up until maybe two, three weeks ago, we didn't even know it was going to be changed. And then Royal Caribbean, you know, announced what was going to be coming here. And it's not, you know, let's talk about the scope of these changes. And I think this is an important thing because when people hear that there's a dry dock and a refurbishment, they kind of have some, maybe some ideas of what to expect or what they're thinking about. But this was kind of an interesting one because we're kind of been used to in the last couple of years, Royal Caribbean putting out there these this Royal Revitalization Program where they've taken Oasis class features and rolled them out to other ships in the fleet. And actually, Freedom of the Seas was one of the first ships to get it way back in 2011. Way back in 2011. We're going to the way back machine for, <laughs> for four years ago. And uh, it's obviously the, these changes have been rolled out. And these were... Each upgrade in the Royal Revitalization Program has been a huge upgrade. Like we're talking, like you know, I mean, on, uh, millions of dollars in terms of the mm-hmm. the scope of this. And this was more the one that just happened now was I think smaller scope, not nearly as grandiose. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay. It's just I just want to make sure people understand what this is. You know, don't compare this. Be like, well, you know, uh, Voyagers he's just got its refurbishment not too long ago, and they got all this and this and this and this. And Freedom only got like this. What what gives? And I think it's important to understand that this is a kind of a you know a part a fixer upper kind of thing. You know, make everything touch things up here and there. And also they wanted to add you know while they had the opportunity some new venues as well. Was that also your take, Becky? Yeah, pretty much. It seems like they wanted to go in and just kind of spruce her up a bit and polish her and maybe bring some of the great ideas that they've had in the last four years forward to the public spaces and the restaurants and some of the venues on board the Freedom. Um, there were some areas that that didn't get what you would think in a normal refurbishment, like it doesn't seem like all the soft goods in the rooms um, were, were redone at this time. doesn't mean that they won't be doing it next time around, but... It looks like this time they were really focused on the the places where the majority of your time is going to be spent, which, of course, is going to be out in those public spaces. That's right. And, you know, the other thing we, we should mention is the other work being done that Becky, I don't think, got a chance to check it out, was the propellers, the propulsion system. Oh, of course. I went right to know. <laughs> First thing was the scuba diving underneath. and <laughs> Oh, that looks good. Okay. That was an optional shore excursion. It really wasn't shore. It was just, you know, put on the suit and dive. But no, 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 not a, not a bit. However, we did hear a little bit about that. And, and it, um, it sounded like it, it needed those upgrades and uh, everything went well. And they're very pleased with, uh, with the work that was done. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure Royal Caribbean will ever confirm, how, you know, if this ever happened. My my take is obviously they had a budget for this. This has been planned for a while, and the propulsion issues came up. 
and obviously some of that money had to go towards that. So <laughs> perhaps, and I'm just speculating here, that some of that money had to go for there, so they had to divert money from other places. Who knows? It's entirely possible they just added on to it. Speculation, but, yeah. Yep, yep. But let's talk about some of the big changes that are on there, things you're absolutely going to notice if you're on Freedom this season. This one, we're going to start with Becky, my absolute favorite, with the the, the, the piece de resistance, the, the raison d'etre, the reason, the, the reason to book Freedom of the Seas like right now and go check it out is, of course, Sabor Modern Mexican has been added. And that was a it's a new restaurant in the old Crypt nightclub. And this is a brand new restaurant for Freedom. It's actually been it debuted on Navigator of the Seas uh, last year. And it's actually also been added to Wastes of the Seas. But uh, this has been added to Freedom now. So and. I've waxed poetically many a podcast, Becky, about <laughs> how much I love Sabor. And this is like when I heard – because I have a – I think our listeners know I have a Freedom Cruise booked in July. And when they announced this, I was like, okay, well, there's no chance. I, I don't care what work is saying. I'm going on this cruise. There's just – you know, <laughs> I'm you just clearing my there. schedule. The whole thing is about eating there, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm, be, I'm going to not be eating anything for the week before in preparation for my Sabor <laughs> experience. So let's I, I talk about – Let's talk about Sabor, Becky. Absolutely, because I, I don't blame you a bit. Uh, sadly, just so to kind of set the appropriate level of expectation here, um, when you're doing the, the two-night media slash industry type cruises to get a, a taste and a feel for what's new and what's brand you know exciting on board the ship, we didn't get a chance to actually sit down and have one of those wonderful four-hour meals that I'm sure you're going to love come July. However, they did have a wonderful tasting. So there was hours that were set up that you could go in, you could View the venue, take a look at the beautiful um, decor that is the the uh, massive improvement over the crypt, I shall say. But one thing that I loved, they were out front and mixing that wonderful homemade guacamole. Mm. And the line was so long because everybody wanted a taste of that guacamole. So if the rest of the menu is any – if the guacamole is any indication, the rest of the menu has just got to be amazing. Becky, you had me at guacamole. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, it's an uh, it was – it was one of those where they handed you the chip with some guacamole. You just wanted to look at it and say, please, sir, might have some more because it was so good. And then you get to the back of the line and pretend that they didn't recognize you because you wanted another one because it was so good. Um, yeah, it, it is so well done on the interior. They they did have uh, a smaller space to work with, of course, on on that deck. It was down deck four. so it, it, it de- But it doesn't feel like they've crammed too many tables into the small space. It was designed in such a way that you do kind of feel like um, like there's more space than there actually is in the restaurant itself. Yep, and they did the. I mean, it's it's like virtually identical to what they did on Navigator this season. Right. The nightclub was removed. They put Sabor in there in the same spot, so it should pretty much. Uh, I, I would expect it to look very similar to it. My question, actually, for you, Becky, and something mm-hmm. I didn't actually bother asking earlier was: is uh, in Sabor on Navigator the Seas? There's a cover charge on Oasis of the Seas. There is no cover charge, but you pay a la carte. Did you get a chance to check out the menu and see which option is they're doing on Freedom? You know, honestly, I did not. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, the first day when I arrived there, they didn't even have the menus yet put together. <laughs> so <laughs> I was not able to to find out what the um, what the specific option was going to be in this restaurant. I'm sure that you'll be able to confirm what that will be and put it in your show notes. Sounds good. All right, cool. Let's, uh, the other big addition was Giovanni's Table was added as well. They actually took out Portofino, and I think many Royal Caribbean fan knows that Portofino's days have been numbered. They've, they've been slowly swapping them out of the fleet 
and eventually there will be no more. Actually, I'm not even sure what ships have Portofino anymore. But regardless, they're on their way out. And Giovanni's table was added here. So it's it's up on uh, deck 11 in right. next to the uh, Windjammer and, and across from Chop's Grill. And uh, this is another interesting ad. I, I like Giovanni's table. I've added it on a couple different ships. And I've always, you know, thought it's it's good, uh, kind of like home style, if my mother was Italian and we grew up in the, the, the boot of Italy. But... <laughs> <laughs> You know, if all those things were true, I imagine this is what it must have been like. <laughs> there you go. Because most of the menu is total Italian. So you pretty much have to look at it and go, um, I'm, I'm going to completely massacre this word, but please bear with me. I can say Giovanni's <laughs> and I can point. And, and yes. it really is down that, that path of, uh, of real, authentic Italian cuisine. Yep, and it's and it, it's what's what's interesting is Portofino was more of a um, kind of a northern Italian take on it, and it was more of a I'm not, I don't think it was as nearly as I want to say upscale because it wasn't like you know you had to wear a tuxedo to go in there or anything like that. But Giovanni's table is more of like a, again a home style. It's a little more warm. It's a different kind of ambiance as well as a different kind of menu, and I think it'll be a nice little change. I've always enjoyed Giovanni's table. Like I said, on other ships, I've always found it to be a good value. Usually, Giovanni's table isn't. Uh, that expensive in terms of the cover charge that it, that it uh, that it that it includes, and then on top of it, I've always found the food to be pretty darn good. You know, always some good options. Good, op- it's great. It's the kind of restaurant also that's really good for sharing. And you know, okay, Becky, you know, you and I are going there. Let's get you know one more than the than you know a couple like three appetizers, and let's just share them all. You know, and right. that kind of experience. Right. The um, the portion sizes are really generous for that in, in terms of, you know, the family style dining as well that comes into play on some of the uh, uh, some of the, the choices on the menu. I, I do tend to gravitate and I, I know it's not new, but when I'm up there, as much as I love the decor and the gorgeous, I will tell you that it's one of those, again, uh, public spaces that they really put a lot of um, thought into to make it workable, to make it feel upscale. Um, but, of course, it I keep getting drawn over to Chops on the other side because <laughs> I'm a big fan of Chops Grill. But, uh, but it really was well done, a good use of the space once again, and it's going to be very popular on board. Absolutely. You know, it makes total sense. Actually, you know, one of the things that was also uh, changed here was Chops Grill got a a little bit of a new menu as well, right? It was so good. That's where I did get to eat. (laughs) Ooh, really? Can you tell? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was was wonderful. Um, The steaks were, of course, to that – cooked to that level of perfection – I'm a medium rare girl, so of course that warm pink center and um, the seasoning was incredible. And then they have all those choices of sides, which I love in a, in a classic um, steakhouse because you can do that thing again where you're kind of looking at the people that you're with and go, we actually want one of everything because we're all going to share. So you don't yep. have to pick and choose, which is wonderful. Um, they had the most amazing shrimp cocktail entree, but it wasn't just a shrimp cocktail. It was like a jumbo shrimp cocktail. Ooh. And they were so large of shrimp. Everyone thought that they were still in the shells and like you'd have to de-shell them, but they had already been done and they were at least like three inches long. 
really, really good quality shrimp. So I, and of course you've got a fantastic wine list up there as well. And, um, and it was one of those long meals that you just enjoy course after course, all the way to the dessert, which of course is almost as good as the steak. (laughs) Yes, Yeah. I was, but well, before we get to dessert, the other thing was, I'm not sure if you had a chance to try one of the dry age steaks, which was, which was new on the menu. I did not on on that evening. Um, of course, when you do have those two night cruises, they pretty much they do have limited menus for you to choose when you're on board sometimes, and that was kind of what we ran into on that particular sailing. But yep. I got just the standard off the menu, not the not the up one, right, the upper one, and it was fantastic. I really, yep. really did enjoy it. Yeah, so for those who are unaware, the they've added these dry age steaks to the menu. So you have your regular, you know, you have your your New York strip and your full life, which are all amazing. And they've added something new called dry age steaks. And dry age steaks are kind of a evidently, I'm not not that I'm a connoisseur of what's happening in restaurants these days, but evidently dry age steaks are kind of a, a big fad in land based restaurants. And Royal Caribbean's kind of jumped on that bandwagon here by offering you uh, dry age steaks as well. And I had one on when I was on Navigator of the Seas, because mm-hmm. that was where, again, once again, Chops, uh, the new menu debuted. And yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's hard to go wrong. I mean, it's honestly, we're talking about <laughs> which cut of steak is better, mm, <laughs> this filet or this filet? Oh, geez. It's uh, great things. And, of course, the other thing, dessert. You mentioned desserts, Becky. I got yeah. uh, let's see, uh, three words do? for you. Red. Velvet. Yes. Oh my gosh, you did that too. <laughs> yes. I will say there was at least there were four choices, and so those of us around the table had a few different options. So we could, you know, I don't know, test a little and taste a little. And um, the the red velvet cup, uh, the cupcake, geez, the red velvet cake was amazing, and really not dry, which some of them you run into off ships can tend to be that way. This was fantastic, moist and flavorful. Um, they did have what they call the Mississippi mud pie. Did you try that? No, I've, I just usually just stuff myself with red velvet and then you know, <laughs> wait for someone to, to wheel me back to my stateroom. Now we know the way to your heart is what you're saying, right? It's, it's all about I, red velvet. I'm just cake. saying that if the if the world were come to the world has to come to an end and I've got time to eat one thing, wheel me that that old red velvet cake. <laughs> and I'm just going to start going at it. <laughs> I will say that when you think Mississippi mud pie, you think of something a little bit more on the ice creamy side of mm-hmm. things. This was not quite that, so it it does kind of take you by surprise, but it's still amazingly good. The other thing that I really did like about Chops, too, is that the um, they did have a couple of different choices. So when you were looking at a petite filet mignon, you could actually ask for a six ounce, or they also had a nine ounce, so you didn't oh have that you know way too much you had a good choice between a, a smaller one if you're, you had a smaller appetite or if you just wanted to completely load up on the i don't know the asparagus and the cream spinach and the truffle corn and the mashed potatoes and everything else that was available to you or if you wanted to just go all out and meet yourself into a corner with the nine ounce filet or like the 12 ounce new york <laughs> Meet yourself into a corner. (laughs) (laughs) I have to make some t-shirts with that slogan on there. Well, you know, when you get this huge huge cut of meat and that's all you can eat because it takes up the entire dinner plate. Dude, I have the worst pacing possible at Chop's Grill. Every time I go in, I'm like, okay, I know there's going to be a lot of food. I need to pace myself. It never happens. I'm just like, okay, get the stretchy pants. I'm, I hope they make the uh, the <laughs> the dress code that's appropriate yeah. for, for there. But That's one of those that, that the alarm clock goes off and you realize, okay, I don't need, I don't need breakfast because – 
I have one meal on my mind for the entire day and just get yourself from from here yeah. to there and then you've you know been fed for the next three days now the other big change coming I, it's not that big but I I was actually really excited when I heard this was coming was our bar again mm-hmm. experience on navigator this is I really really love our bar I think it's a really cool addition it's kind of this retro bar that is actually replaced the champagne bar mm-hmm. on the Royal Promenade. And when I experienced it on on Navigator this season, I was I, I loved it. It was my go to place every night before dinner. We would go to our bar. There's the I mean, obviously it's hard to miss the decor, right? You've got the the picture frame couch, which is perfect for selfies. Uh, you've got all the you've got the chairs that look like they're straight out of like Mod Squad, and you know it's just a really hip place to happen. And, my, and the other thing I really love about it, forget the the furniture and everything, is the drinks. It's it's yeah. one of those places we would go every night, and I would tell the bartender, I don't know what I want, just surprise me. And they are so good, the bartenders at our bar, at just coming up with just all right, let me make this, this, and this. Here you go, and it's like yeah. it's kind of their thing. Yeah, and it's funny how you say retro because to me it's it's a little bit more whimsical. So okay. <laughs> if if you added retro and whimsical, you get our bar. <laughs> but, um, the the colors are so much more rich, and it's kind of like a the red and the purples with the creams, and it, it has a little bit of a of a whimsical feel to it. Rather than before, I I will tell you, I did enjoy the champagne bar because uh, it was one of those staples across the fleet that you kind of knew and what to, to expect there, and you were kind of drawn there before dinner, pre or post dinner, kind of the way you are now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you were spending so much time there. But um, it, it was, again, one of those places that didn't feel like uh, like it was dated. You really did walk in there and, and feel like it was current and somewhere you wanted to be and somewhere you enjoyed to be. And, and like you – uh, you had the you're talking about the picture frame seat. I was kind of looking at it. I thought it looked like more like a fireplace when I walked past it the first time. <laughs> I kind of looked at it and went, "Wow, you can sit in the fireplace." Oh, I see what it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> but the decor is is very cool, and um, I, I think it's a great addition. It really is yep. a great addition. Now, the, the, the rest of the changes were kind of a little more subtle. I think uh, there was. The old Pharaoh's Palace was renamed to the Star Lounge, and it also got a, a makeover as well, right, Becky? Boy, did it ever! <laughs> you don't feel like you're going to have you know walk into Egyptian cats now when you're when you're walking into it. Um, one thing right away when you walk in, the carpet is brand new, and they put a lot of padding on that carpet, so you're very comfortable when you walk in. It's kind of like um, those of you or anybody who's ever been into a really good trade show booth that has the the multi plush. Um, padding underneath you kind of sink into it and your toes feel really nice well that (laughs) is the mark of a good carpet and they do have it in there um the columns are still there uh that were there from pharaohs because of course those are load-bearing columns and necessary they did kind of update them with uh, a different paint job so you're not going to see the um the gold uh paint that was kind of that pharaoh egyptian design it does kind of feel like a nice place to just hang out it it's not um it's not very themed so it looks like it's kind of going to be the chameleon lounge of the ship where they can put a country act in there or a rock act or a, a piano player uh pretty much can go anything up on that stage a comedian anyone's gonna fit uh so it's it is a nice change and it's not as it's not dated as the Pharaoh's Palace was starting to look. Sure. 
So let's talk about uh, what else stuck out to you because you obviously you were on the ship. You were able to see there. I mean, what were there other changes that you noticed or were there other uh, refurbishments there that kind of uh, stood out in your mind? Well, there were a couple of things. Um, honestly, I, I had heard that uh, the the new um, the screen that was up there, the movie screen up on the top deck of the pool deck, had yep. been refurbished as well and and brought up to to speed. And that was a very nice addition. Uh, really good to see a lot of seating space to to watch the movies and the things that they were projecting. So that was that was a nice addition to the deck. Um, one of the things it's like one of the, when your mother tells you you can't do something you really want to do it right <laughs> so <laughs> up on deck 12 they have right around the the spa they have now um created a whole deck full of brand new staterooms well Unfortunately, when we were on board, they weren't quite ready for show, so they didn't have those available for us to see. Um, however, it does add, geez, a good 10, 20, maybe 30 or so, maybe even a little bit more um, staterooms up around that, that corner. And it really um, it was one of those things where you, you, you got to see it. The doors are closed. You can't go in there. You're not supposed to, but okay, I peeked. couldn't help myself i had to just kind of crack the door open and look and i will tell you with um in the hallways just dialing back a little bit to to the other um hallways they didn't update those so unfortunately we didn't see brand new carpeting um on the Freedom, you do have like the pink doors, the salmon color doors. They mm-hmm. didn't uh, upgrade any of that. So I'm hoping that that's something they'll think about doing next because, of course, they didn't update the, those soft goods. If they had, I think that would have made it feel like the entire thing was a brand new ship. But, of course, either budgetary or time wouldn't allow for it. But if looking down that hallway is any indication of where they might be going eventually, it is really fantastic the carpet has this gorgeous blue inlay on it um that that sort of mixture of some sea blues and some um, cream colors and some browns it really does have uh, a color palette that looks like would be really well hidden with a lot of traffic on it after a while Uh, it would hold up really well and the um the doors and the walls were were white so you really did have more of that crisp, clean feel down that hallway. And I really wish I had had a chance to, to take a picture and, and show you, but I didn't <laughs> because it was, a, it was an area that we were supposed to be off limits. So I didn't get that opportunity. And you're, frankly, you're, I didn't you're among friends. You're among I, friends here, Becky. No one's going to say anything, right? Come on, guys. We're, we're, we're all cool. All, 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 how many of us that are, that are here? Just don't, yeah, shh, don't tell anybody. So I just looked at all. I will tell you hopefully again if, if maybe on the next time she goes into dry dock or if this is any indication of, of the design palette they're, they're going to move towards in the future for, um, for this class of ship. It really is fantastic and it, it has just a, a really nice upscale feel to it. Now, real quick before we let you go here, Becky, the other thing you got to was not on, you can check out something that wasn't even on Freedom of the Season. On your way out, you actually got to check out the brand new Terminal One in oh, Port Canaveral. Yes. And, now, and this is a really cool thing. Yeah, it was surprise of all surprises because they didn't tell us this, but we we departed out of uh, out of um, 
10, out of port 10. And then the night before, when we're supposed to, to come back, we get the message, oh, by the way, when we, uh, when we dock, you're going to be seeing a whole new place that, um, that we haven't seen before. And by the way, they, yes, they shuttled us over to our parked cars for those of us who are going, how are we going to get our stuff over there? <laughs> um, the wonderful thing, and I will tell you, it, this is designed really well. It, there was a massive herd trying to get off the ship, but I tried to take as much in as I could, and, and we did take some pictures of, of this. It's It has a nice flow to it. It's that, one once again, the blue and white palette that you're kind of seeing everywhere for uh, Royal Caribbean because, of course, it's their corporate color. And one thing that was really great is that when you come off the ship and you're going down towards passport control, instead of having escalators, which everybody has problems with escalators, you have people have to use the elevator because they've got too much luggage. You have people in wheelchairs that, that need um, you know an easier way down than an escalator, etc. They did something really smart. They did a switchback ramp, a mm. very large switchback ramp. So you just go down the ramp. So any rolling stuff is going to roll really nicely. You just have to control it. <laughs> Think about it as the gangway. It was like a it was like a big gangway going back and forth and back and forth all the way to the the ground level, so that's going to be a major convenience. You're not going to have a whole line of people waiting for an elevator because the their luggage won't go down the escalator. Um, it's going to be v- much more convenient to disembark for sure. Cool, very good stuff. Well, Becky, as always, thank you so much for all the helpful information, and always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I love being back. Hopefully it won't be too long before we can – well, it won't be too long now that I think about it before we get to experience another Royal Caribbean adventure. Yeah, Quantum of the Seas, baby, coming up. I know. I'm still looking forward to that. Again, um, out of all the ships afloat, uh, I think that that one is probably the number one pick right now. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Thank you, Becky. You're very welcome. Thanks again. It's time once again for my favorite part of the podcast. It's when I answer your emails, tweets, Facebook messages, certified mail that I don't know how you got my mattress for, and everything else in between. And once again, I always like to recognize people that leave great reviews on iTunes of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast because, after all, it's the best way actually to help others find the podcast is through the reviews, the way that iTunes kind of works. And we have a great one here this week from Saren224, who writes, Great show. Found you while searching for Royal Caribbean info, going on the first Royal Caribbean Explorer of the Seas. I'm a Disney fan. Going on a last-minute getaway with my husband and appreciate the info that you have. Thank you very much, Saren224. And let's start our emails off with an email from Quentin, who writes, Hi, Matt. Quentin, after I emailed you a while back about Oasis or Anthem, after the email, my wife decided to go something different. So after consideration, we booked a repositioning cruise out of Seattle to Vancouver, doing an Alaska cruise on the Celebrity Solstice in the Iowa class. We booked under the 123 promotion. My question is, does Royal Caribbean or Celebrity have the same excursions in all their ports? And if they do, could you recommend any good excursions in Ketchikan, Juneau, and Skagway? Keep up the good work. I look forward to every Wednesday when new episodes come out. So there are some really great things to do in all those ports. Actually, I talked to my good friend who you just heard, Becky Menken, because Becky is an Alaska cruise aficionado. And it's too bad I didn't get her on here to, to record this. We were talking about it, and then I gave her a call afterwards. I was recording the questions like, oh, Becky, I know you're going to know this, and she's a great expert, so... Kudos to all these answers to Becky Menken from MEI Travel for for them. So here's your answers. In Ketchikan, the best thing, depending on when you go, if you're going in July or later in the year, you definitely want to go see the Bears. It's the best viewing time. But if you go in like May or June before that, it's just not the season for it. 
Otherwise, uh, the other thing Ketchikan is really known for are the totem poles and their totem pole parks because people obviously want to go see a lot of the amazing Native American art. So that's a really great excursion to do. In addition, kayaking is also a really big activity in Orca Cove. It's a protected area and it's supposed to be very beautiful. So those are three great activities you can check out in Ketchikan. In Juneau, well, you know, Mendenhall Glacier, uh, so if you're not going on a helicopter, Juneau is the best place to go see an actual glacier. And also, this is the best spot for whale watching. So if you basically want to see a glacier or you want to see whales, this is where you got to do it in Juneau. And lastly, in Skagway, there's a couple different things. There's the old brothel bar. It's totally touristy, but people love it, and it's it's cool. It's just, it's it's an old brothel that turned into a bar and a hotel. It's very cool to check out. Also, the, the really interesting thing here is White Pass, which is that – you've probably seen photos of this. It's that train that goes up to, like, the Canadian border that has these amazing views that are, like, 2,000 feet above the canyon. Becky said it scared her like nothing else in the world or she'll never go back. But she did say it was really, really, really beautiful. So there's that as well. Also, uh, she mentioned there are some speedboat adventures that are a lot of fun. And Skagway is also a great spot for fishing. You can go out on a private boat and try your luck at fishing there. So these are some all great options. Actually, if you're considering any really excursion in the area of Alaska, uh, Becky also recommended a good website, shoretrips.com, where you can kind of see some of the shore excursions available. They're very comparable to what Royal Caribbean offers. They'll give you kind of a good idea of what to expect. And again, it's just something else to kind of get educated on in terms of what's available in this area. So hopefully, Quentin, this helped you out a little bit. And I'm glad you have a cruise booked. It's not with the Royals, it's with the sister company Celebrity, which is not bad. But I'm hoping you're here to come back to Royal Caribbean sometime soon. Cool. Thank you, Quentin. Next, we have an email from John Burns going on Quantum of the Seas, February 20th, and can't wait. Heard that the assistant waiters are back and restaurant service is improving for dynamic dining. What have you heard? Can you discuss tipping for outstanding service, specifically dynamic dining? I feel this could create help morale and improve service over the long run. Thanks for the great podcast. Great questions, John. So Royal Caribbean has been working a lot on what dynamic dining is and what it's going to become. And one of the things they've actually done is they've added back a lot of staffing in the form of assistant waiters and that is helping there's no question about it. i think anyone who goes on quantum of the seas uh now will tell you and if they had gone on quantum of the seas perhaps earlier on maybe back in november or even earlier in december they would tell you that it's it's a different experience and for the better they've actually real companies actually will revamp the menus in the four complimentary restaurants to help improve things as well so they're really cognizant. This isn't a company that's just, you know, saying, ah, we're not hearing you, blah, blah, blah. They're taking a lot of the feedback they're hearing, and they're actively working on it. And this is something that Royal Caribbean has really made a big point of. Actually, one of the things that they had actually sent me was uh, uh, to inform me about a lot of these changes that are going on. So they're definitely working on this. This is not something that they're just content with the way it is. They're always looking to improve. So I think it's definitely going to be going in the right direction. And hopefully, John, when you go on your cruise in just a couple of weeks here. Man, that's coming up quick here. You're going to have a great time as well. Now, you mentioned discussing tipping for outstanding service, specifically dynamic dining. So there's two ways you can tip, and I want to mention both because I think they're equally important. The first is the way you probably think when I say tipping, money. And, you know, giving money for outstanding service, you know, kind of recognizing people that way. Certainly a great way, I mean, who doesn't enjoy a little money, especially, you know, it basically it's a good way of saying, you know, I appreciate everything you've done. And, you know, it's just about being subtle. If you have the money on the spot, cash is what we're talking about here you can you know obviously offer it to the to the waiter or assistant waiter whomever the crew member is that that's helping you and that can absolutely you know kind of that that's a great way in fact of telling people hey, you know what i really do appreciate 
what you're doing. And, and the flip side is, you know, maybe you have that great service, but you don't have money on you because most of the times who carries cash on a Royal Caribbean ship, right? It's a cashless uh, experience. You can go back to the restaurant on some other evening and probably be able to track them down. The other thing you can do, and this is all something, honestly, I say it's it's as good, if not better, actually, is are the wow cards. So cash is great. You give them 20 bucks. Hey, they get to buy themselves maybe a drink or something somewhere. Helps them out. Who doesn't enjoy extra money? But the Royal Caribbean gives you these wow cards that you can get. Usually you'll get them at check-in at the embarkation port. So in this case, it'll be at Bayonne, New Jersey, Cape Liberty. But you can also do this anywhere. This isn't just quantum. This is all Royal Caribbean ships. And basically, you can ask them. If you, if you don't have them, you can ask them either there or, I guess, relations on your ship. Anyway, there are these cards you write down their name and kind of a story about why this crew member kind of stood out to you. And what it does is you then give it to the crew member. And the crew member then gives it to their manager. It goes on their permanent file. And when crew members are up for contract renewals or they're going for a promotion or anything else that can improve their career, these things, the more they have, the better. It's like ammunition. For, for these people who are saying, look, I'm not just telling you I'm really good. The guests are telling me, telling you that I'm really good. And that's a big deal. So these are both ways. Again, one is with money. One is a way of helping, you know, with just giving them a little, you know, bump in their career. You could do both if you'd like. Why not? Right. And uh, so those are definitely ways that I think you can definitely recognize the service out there, especially because, you know, especially with the way that it is these days with dynamic dining and people, you know, wanting to have that. Uh, a sort of experience that's really, you know, kind of a personal one. If, if you, someone really sends out to you and does a great job, I absolutely agree, John. It's it's important to be able to recognize them. So good idea, and I'm hoping that this helped you out a little bit. Uh, where would we be without an email from Christopher Percy? Actually, some people last week when I was feeling under the weather, and I appreciate all the great comments everyone's left about uh, hopefully encouraging me to feel better. I really appreciate that. Actually, a couple different people mentioned they needed a Christopher Percy fix. So here we go. Next email is from Christopher Percy. He writes, In episode 76, Cruising with Young Children, even though our children are now adults and have families of their own, this podcast was very informative to us since we have five grandchildren ranging in age from one to ten. Thanks for doing this one. Royal Caribbean has always done an excellent job in this area, and when we cruise and see the children around the ship doing activities, everyone is always enjoying themselves. We look forward to taking our grandchildren on their first cruise very very soon that's great Christopher it's cruising with with multi-generational cruising is among the best things you can do I love that when we went on a cruise it was me my we only had my first daughter at the time and my parents my in-laws it was a great experience we did because that was freedom of the seas and it was a, a wonderful cruise and that kind of experience it's the best kind of vacation because you get to be together but you have enough separation to not be together if it gets a little be a little too much you know what I mean so Good stuff all around, and, and I'm glad that uh, I, I highly recommend it. I got to tell you, if you have a chance, definitely the way to cruise. Next, we have an email from Peyton, who writes, First off, thanks for spending the time to crank out a new podcast each week. I look forward to listening to it. Really enjoy the exciting information you share. I'm interested in taking my family on an Eastern Mediterranean cruise sometime in mid to late 2016. Rhapsody of the Seas has some pretty awesome itineraries this summer going out of Istanbul, and I'm wondering if these itineraries are pretty standard, meaning they'll most likely sail the same routes in 2016. I'd like to book out as far as possible, so do you know when they'll open up these Istanbul 2016 itineraries? Great question. Actually, a lot of people are asking me similar questions about Matt. Do you know when they're going to open up the itineraries for 2016? You know, insert destination here. So here's the good news. It's coming out soon. More than likely, based on what Royal Caribbean's done in the past, 
We'll get the 2016, 2017 itineraries coming out probably in about February or March of this year. So basically coming up really, really quickly here. They usually roll them out in batches. So first we'll get like Caribbean, then we'll get Alaska, then we'll get some Europe, then we'll get like Asia, then we'll get Australia. They, they kind of come out in like phases, so to speak. But they are coming out and they should be coming out in actually in the next couple of weeks. To answer your question, though, yeah, more than likely they should have similar experience. They may not have, you know, maybe the same amount or uh, different you know, uh, itineraries in general, but it's going to be fairly similar. I mean, Royal Caribbean doesn't change it up all that much. And the way that Royal Caribbean has been doing really, really well with Europe, actually, in terms of bookings for the last uh, year, I think I would expect to see very, very similar routes and itineraries being offered because obviously (laughs) if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? They're going to, they're probably going to want to make sure they're, if anything, they'll add more capacity and not take it away. So I think it's a pretty safe bet say what you're seeing in 2015 will likely play out 2016 but of course it's a guess but again looking at what you have here for this summer it's again a pretty safe bet to what to expect now peyton also wants to know if i book far in advance can i take advantage of promotions like kids sale free or half off past second passenger should they be offered again when i made my booking if there is a promotion can i call royal caribbean with an existing reservation ask them to match the promotion looking forward to your response all right so this is actually a really good question the answer is it depends it's the answer nobody wants to hear yeah it depends it depends on the it depends on the promotion that Royal Caribbean is offering like right now they're offering kind of more short-term promotions like hey book something you know for this spring or summer and you know we'll toss you an extra little more money than usual but a lot of times you'll actually see for the big promotions like the kids sale for issue that that come back or perhaps right now they are still offering the depends on when you listen to this podcast but when this podcast comes out I still think there's a couple days left in the get second off the buy one get one second passenger 50% off sale where it's basically on all available sailings the only exceptions usually are certain ships like quantum of the seas and anthem of the seas now for your purposes that's not going to that's not going to be an issue for you europe can kind of be finicky but here's what i would suggest regardless number one you should always ask you should always say always try you got nothing to lose the thing with a lot some of these promotions are they can sometimes apply to new bookings only meaning you cannot have had an existing reservation for this cruise cancel and then rebook royal caribbean knows what you're doing and in that case it may not work so it kind of depends a lot of times though it, it will work i've seen it more often that you can do that you you cancel the existing reservation then you immediately rebook under the new promotion so it kind of depends on what the promotion and what the promotion rules are my suggestion though regardless of what you see in here is try it anyway and you know maybe you work with a good travel agent have them help you with this but they should absolutely be able to at least give it a shot most of the time as long as it's a reservation that is brand new, it's okay. I know what you're going to say. You're going to want to book something that comes out immediately because you want to get your spot, which is what you should be doing as a good passenger. But obviously, in two months from now, if they then come out with the kids' sale free promotion, which could save you a lot of money, and you obviously want to save that money, you might be a little annoyed if they, if the, if they don't let you apply it. Again, it depends, and I can't give you a promise one way or the other. The only thing I can tell you is you could go look back. If you go to the blog, you can go look back at some of the older promotions, see what the rules were for those. Again, some allow it, some don't. It just depends on the sale. So it, it, I wish I'd give you a better answer than that, Peyton, but I'm hoping it'll work out. But you still should do exactly what you're talking about. And the other thing is, because you're booking it so far in advance, remember, there's going to be a lot of different promotions that are going to come out between now and when your final payment is due. So if one doesn't match up, don't let it bother you. There can be others that you may be able to reapply. And the other thing, of course, is just always watch the price because you can always rebook up until that final payment date and lower that cost of your cruise. So hopefully this all helps you out, Peyton. Good luck, and let me know what happens with it. 
Awesome. Well, that was a lot of fun. We got lots more emails to get to, and I promise we're going to get to each and every one of them. So please keep them coming in here. You can email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.